all good. Let's go. I have so much energy right now. The coffee's starting. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shot my cake hole. And today we are going to be talking about the 17th episode of the second season of Supernatural titled Heart. Jamie, what did you think? I fucking called it. Yeah. It was, in fact, some sort of monster that was eating hearts. <laughs> I didn't think werewolf, because, like, in what werewolf lore do they only specifically eat the hearts? I'm pretty sure that's actually fairly common. Is it? I mean, to be fair, the only I've other... I've never heard of that. The only other, like, specific, like, quote-unquote, very loose werewolf lore I know Oh, fuck, is... I just said vampire lore, didn't I? No? No, you said werewolf. I did, okay. You're on it. <laughs> I'm <laughs> losing my goddamn mind this morning, Bethany. <laughs> to be fair... The only, like, and I use this term very loosely, like, werewolf lore that I know of, like, outside of Supernatural specifically, is Twilight. <laughs> and that is certainly not accurate, but I'm pretty sure the heart-eating thing is relatively common. I'm pretty sure the heart-eating and the silver thing is, like, something I've known, like... because I know the silver thing, but I've never heard of, like, the heart thing. We should have Googled this ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, we should have. Let me see. Werewolves eat hearts, question mark? What does Google say? Oh, why do werewolves from Supernatural eat their victims' hearts? Which implies that it's simply a supernatural uh, thing. What would a werewolf eat? They hunt animals for food and return that food to their friend... Wait, what? <laughs> oh, they're talking about dogs. <laughs> I was like, they're talking about actual wolves. Okay, that makes sense. Um, in folklore, apparently werewolves often eat animals like cattle or sheep. Uh, Occasionally they'll more like a human if they get in the way. But. Do werewolves eat fruit? What are people Googling? <laughs> Apparently wolves also eat fruit and vegetables to keep them healthy. Ooh. Let's, well, actually, to be fair, um, I do give my dog sweet potato because apparently it is good for them. So when I'm cooking with sweet potato, he sits at my feet and I give him little bits because he's a good boy. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> my dog is certainly not a werewolf. It looks like it's kind of... Inconclusive. There's a couple of like sites. Boardgametips.com says werewolves feast on human hearts after they've changed into their beast form. Okay. Um, But I don't know how credible boardgametips.com is. If someone knows, (laughs) maybe let me know. I don't really have time to go into the Wikipedia right now, but I don't know. Look, hey, tell you what, if you know the answer to this, hit us up on Twitter on Tumblr and let us know. We'd love to learn. Is there any folklore surrounding werewolves that specifically concerns eating hearts? Let's find out. So, yes, I have no idea about the werewolf heart eating thing. I thought it was common. Google seems to think maybe it's not that common, so... Because I've never... Maybe it's just never. from Supernatural that yeah. I think that. I mean, we could check the bestiary, but again, that's Supernatural, so that's not going to give us any background. Yeah. So... It's a bit like when I was like, well, like, let's talk about streakers and the fact that vampires, not witches... <laughs> Um, and you were like, oh, we'll bring out the beast here. It's like, no, because... It's going to be a biased source, Bethany. <laughs> the beast here is based on Supernatural's very specific lore. Yeah. Not just general, like, folklore. Yeah. Okay. Now, back onto the episode itself, not specifically werewolves and their, okay. and their diets. Yeah. I wanted to talk about... Okay, so the ex-boyfriend, Kurt, is that his yeah. name? Okay. Is it just me who gets, like, very Bucky Barnes energy from that man? (laughs) Yes. It is just me? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Because I was like, when she sees him in the bar and he's, like, glaring or whatever, like, moodily, and he's got the hair and, like, that, I was just like, ooh, very Bucky energy over here. Very Winter Soldier. Not in, like, the good way. In, like, a that man seems dangerous and I don't want him looking at me kind of way. 
You know? And then she left by herself. I was like, babe, take a friend. Though, I will say it now. Mm. I called it really, really early that it was her. That was the werewolf. Oh, did you? When like, did you? super early. When did you call it? So my note is, so you know the shot where the werewolf attacks the cop? Yes. Literally the scene right after that. Well, you meet her and the neighbour. Oh. I was like, I actually, I, I made a note and I'm going to read it out. I don't often read my notes aloud in the podcast, but Go I'm going to make an exception today. And that is, it's either her or the neighbour. And I was oh, correct. They were both. On both counts, yeah. it was both of them. That's so funny. I don't think when I first watched the episode, I picked it. Except I re- remember being suspicious when there was like, oh, wait, no. No, because we know it's her by that point. No, I don't think I picked it the first time I watched it. So very impressive. It just seemed really easy for it to be the neighbour. Not the neighbour. The, yeah, the, um, the boyfriend. The boyfriend. The I think it's funny because like it's one of those things where it's almost like it feels too obvious to be the boyfriend. And then they introduce the neighbour for seemingly no reason other than like, like he's yeah. a nice guy. He's my neighbour. And you're like, well, he's got to have something to do with it. So then it sort of seems like, oh, but that seems too easy. And then you're like, well, it can't be her because, you know. And so it's like... She's the victim of the week. Exactly. And so it's this funny little thing where it's like, it can't be any of them because it's all too easy. Mm. And then it sort of ends up being two of the three. So, yeah. But no, I did. I picked it really, really quite early on. Like, basically, as soon as we met the neighbour, I'm like, that guy is just, like, low-key creepy. He was a little bit. Like, poor Glenn. Not creepy, like the ex-boyfriend was creepy. No, creepy in very different, different ways. ways. Cre- uh, different but same, you know? Yeah. Like, both seem like weirdly overly attached men. And also her boss. Yeah. Oh my god, like, bro, if you're interested in someone, first of all, you should not be asking out your employee just as a blanket. But, like, just if you're going to ask someone out, just ask them out like a fucking normal person. Don't be like, you have to come back to the office even though we're out of, like, company drinks or whatever the fuck. Like, yeah. that doesn't make any damn sense. You look like a doofus. Oh, anyway. <laughs> um, but no, and then I knew for sure that it was her for certain mm. when she was like, oh, I got mugged. Oh, yeah. that's when you, fi- you picked I was like, it. Oh. Yeah. Well, they look- said the killing started like a month ago. And she, she got, got mugged, mugged. Yeah. recently. <laughs> like, I connected the dots. Jamie's connecting the docs. The docs? The docs. Jamie's connecting the dots, folks. Actually, I wanted to talk about, while we're talking about okay, Madison... Yep. I wanted to chat about her as a character because I'm interested to see if you think she falls into the cookie cutter female character trope that we've talked about before because I was watching this episode and I couldn't decide because she's got a couple of things going for her but also she somehow still sort of feels empty. She's the same energy. Yeah. She's the same vibe. She's different in that she's not just the damsel which is normally what this sort of character falls into. Yeah. Like, they're like the victim of the week, you know, their loved one or their partner or their kid or, you know, someone attached to them has been hurt. Now they're like tied up in this investigation. Yeah. She was a bit different in that she did have the twist at the end of her being the werewolf. Yeah. Um, And she's also got the like love interest Sam thing, which only really Sarah has had up to this point and to a lesser extent. I just want to talk about, because they actually, the reason that I got, it got me thinking about it. It's because actually in the episode, 
she and Sam have this conversation where it's basically like him doing that speech where he's like, you're not like other, other girls. girls. You're independent. You're clearly very smart because of all these books, which I love that they included that line because there was nothing in the episode other than that line that indicated that she was smarter than the average person. Like she just seems like a generally smart, average, everyday person. But like, to make that line make sense, they had to come up with a reason why he thought that. And it was like, look at all these books. Yeah, because <laughs> all, of, all of the stuff that we'd seen so far that would indicate that she was pretty smart as a person are like stuff that Sam hasn't seen. Yeah. Because like that entire first scene with the boss and that where she's like, nope, and she sees through all of his bullshit. Yeah. That to me indicates she's a smart character. But like but Sam, Sam hasn't there. seen that. Exactly. And then he goes on to be like, it, it was something about... Oh, like, what are you doing with Kurt or whatever? And she says, oh, well, you know, I think it's, you know, part of my, like, I was insecure. I didn't think that I deserved any better. And he's like, you don't seem like someone who should be insecure. And I'm like, Sam, what the fuck does that mean? Like, oh, you seem smart and competent. You can't possibly be insecure about anything. What would you have to be? It's like, bro, that's not how insecurities work. No, it's not. (laughs) Have you met your brother? Damn. I will say, though... I don't really like her as a like love interest for Sam. Neither do I. She seems insane. Yeah, I prefer Sarah. Me too. As a love interest for Sam. Sarah's weirdness vibe that matches Sam's weirdness vibe was yeah. really good. They like they did a really good job of keeping them on the same level and having yeah. Sam sort of Sam and Sarah have like this connection of like like more than just the like casual than... interaction that we've had with other characters through yeah. the seasons. Yeah. Whereas this one it just sort of felt like oh, Sam's doing his creepy thing again. It's the same thing he did in Bookman. <laughs> with Meg, yeah. Except not with Meg. Oh, fuck. I'm thinking Scarecrow. I'm you are sorry. thinking Scarecrow. God, I'm useless. In Hookman. Yes, yes, I yes, can't yes. remember her name, but the preacher's uh, daughter. Yes. Where yes. he sits outside just like staring at her window. I was thinking... The and then he does the same thing with Meg. Meg. And in they try well. to do the same thing again in this episode... And she calls them out. She's like, they said exactly what I was thinking. Last episode, we had a whole tangent about how the car is not a good car yes, for following Yes. Them. And she's like, the car's kind of conspicuous. I'm like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Vindication. Yep, exactly. I also noticed that. And I was thinking about that too. I was like, yes, you're right. The car is fucking conspicuous. It's not a subtle car. It's really not. Oh, God, no. And okay, here's the thing. Okay, now bear in mind, let's set the scene here. For anyone who hasn't watched the episode recently, let's just take a step back and remind ourselves what's happening. Sam and Dean have come in and said that they are police officers. Yep. They don't look like cops, for one thing. They didn't even fucking try in this episode. No badges, no nothing. They're just there. And they're like, yeah, we're cops. She's like, all right. Heads on in. Dean is out looking for this werewolf. Sam is staying uh, with Madison to keep an eye on her because they think it's her ex-boyfriend. And there's a reason, obviously, that they think that she might be in danger, especially considering he is a stalker. And he has been targeting people around her. her. Exactly. So that's the ru- the running theory at that point in the episode. So Sam is staying with her because Dean lost rock, paper, scissors. <gasps> that uh, is... You say, like, this is big sibling energy a lot in this podcast. But, like, for me, that was the one thing that I was like, oh, that is sibling energy. Okay. And Dean being shit at rock, paper, scissors is ongoing. This is something... This is... I was so excited. I didn't realise this was the first instance of rock, paper, scissors. I, I was so excited when I saw it. I just didn't remember that this was the first episode with it. But yeah, Dean being shit at rock, paper, scissors is literally a character trait. Like, if he wins at rock, paper, scissors, it's a big deal. Or like, because the other person is, like, purposely... Taken pity? Yeah. <laughs> but yes, no, so he loses the rock, paper, scissors, so Sam stays and Dean goes off by himself. 
To the strip club in the end. To the strip club. Oh my god, this episode is a wild ride, but... Anyway, it has its highs and lows, doesn't it? Getting getting back to uh, where I was. So Sam is left alone with Madison. And he looks so fucking awkward. This poor man does not know how to sit in a stranger's apartment for his life. He looks like he is sweaty. Here's he the is thing fidgeting. That, like, he's freaking the fuck out. I can't judge him too harshly. Because if I was in a random stranger's apartment... I would do the exact same thing, especially if they started folding their fucking underwear. In this front is of what me. I was gonna say. This is why I think this woman is insane. In her mind, right? Bearing in mind she has just witnessed her boss completely as this fucking thing. Like, her ex is currently stalking her. Okay, all right. A cop, quote unquote, air quotes. I'm using that no one can see, but Jamie can. Okay, yeah. My A police only. officer, air quoted, has just. Come into your house, is just hanging out at your kitchen table, and instead of like making conversation, asking them how they how their you know general life is. Oh, do you have a family? Oh, where do you like to travel? You know, when we're allowed to do those things. No, what she does is go and get a basket of underwear exclusively. Like <laughs> has a lot of underwear. Like that was an entire basket of just what thongs. Basically, yeah. How- Often is this woman doing her washing, or like how infrequently? There wasn't even any like bras or anything in there. No, it was, like, just underwear, just g-strings. And I was like, "Ma'am, how many of those do you need?" Like, I do my washing like once a week. There is no way I need forty pairs of essentially the same underwear. I don't think most people do. But anyway, this woman takes this basket of underwear and just tips it in front of him. And the poor man, I'm sh- I'm shocked he didn't have a heart attack and died right there. Poor Sam. And then, of course, up he gets, sits on the couch. And then, you know, they do the thing where he sits down and they watch the yeah. trash TV. But no, that's why I think Madison's insane. To circle back to the original <laughs> point. My point is, I think she's crazy. And that is why. Because that makes no sense. Like, not only is he a stranger on, to her mind, on duty, on, on duty clearly uncomfortable. She's like, I know how to fix this situation. I'll just put my underwear in his face. I'm like, ma'am. I would love to know how your brain works. I really would. I want to stick a microscope in there and just see what's happening. Which leads me to what I also wanted to talk about. Sam watching Trashy TV. Yeah, and loving it. He loves it so much. Oh, yeah, no. I thought that it was really funny that, like, by the end, he's, like, really into it. And he's just like, oh, my God. She's marrying him just for revenge. (laughs) Oh, it's a whole thing. And, yeah, I do love that they have, like, the little sort of bonding moment over that. I think it's very sweet. Although I will say, I do think that the relationship between Sam and Madison does feel forced. Is it yeah. just me who thinks that? It feels very forced. And I think that's why I much prefer like Sarah. Sarah. It over... felt organic. Yeah. It definitely felt like, also just like her as a character, I think she felt less empty. Like, yeah. for me, it just sort of like, for Madison, they, it, it just felt like they were like, oh, well, what character traits can we give this character to make them feel sort of, like, perfect and really good? And like, so she's got to be pretty, but she's also got to be smart, but she's also got to be funny, but she's also got to be confident, but she's also... It just felt like they were shoving all this shit in yeah. the character. Do you know what I think? It just occurred to me as you were speaking. I think the reason that Madison felt sort of empty where Sarah felt more well-rounded is because the whole point of Madison is to 
be the focus of the men around her. So, like, she is the focus of Glenn, who has a crush on her, the creepy neighbour next door. She's the focus of Kurt, who's stalking her the whole episode. She's the focus of her creepy boss, who's hitting on her the whole time. Then she's the focus of Sam and Dean. And, like, there is no point in the episode where we're worried, like, like where she has her own plot. It's almost like the Bechdel test, you yeah. know? Like, so there's no point in the episode where we are looking at her from, like, her own perspective, yeah. I guess. The only time we really see her is through the eyes of, of the, the men, men around her. her. Yeah, so it's it's very much, like, all of those relationships, or all of those conversations that we see her have, even the one at the very start where she is talking with her friends, she's talking about her boss being a creep, and that's mm. the only part of the conversation that we get to hear. So it's it's very much like, yeah, we only really get to know who she is where it is relevant to yeah. the male characters around her. Whereas Sarah, I feel like, to be fair, we watched this episode a while ago now, but I feel like she sort of had more of a, like, we got to see more of her actual personality. Yeah. It was less of a, oh, we're going from situation to situation situation to situation. It's like, oh, she is having a conversation. We learned about her on the yeah. date she went on with Sam. We learned about her in discussion yeah. with the painting. We learned about her relationship with the second woman who died, you know. Yeah. Whereas in this, we don't really learn anything about Madison at all. I except for it, the guys around her who die. I also think that it helps Sarah's case that she was a really active character in that episode. If that makes sense. Like, she made decisions. She was she refused to be pushed around. Yeah. She did her own thing. Like, because she was so strub- stubborn and headstrong as a character. Yeah. It really meant that... She was a character, whereas Madison sort of just, like... Everything happened to or around, around her. Around her, versus, like... And, like, yes, with the reveal of her being the werewolf, she is doing stuff actively, but she doesn't remember that. Yeah, that's not and a choice we, she's making. That's something else that's happening to her. We will need to talk about the morality of, like... Yeah. The werewolf versus the human underneath. So we need to have that conversation, but they really do frame it as, like... She is separate from the wolf. Yeah. Like, they are not the same person. Like, she doesn't remember anything that she's doing while she's a werewolf. Like, the werewolf has none of her normal self-control or restraint or, like, rational logic. Like, they treat them as separate entities. Yeah. And the only time she does anything that has any sort of impact on the plot... Is when she's... Is when she's the werewolf. Yeah. Like... Because even at the end when she decides to sleep with Sam for some reason... Yeah. Again, confusing. Weird choices... But moving on... uh, Before we do, I just very quickly... We brought this up in Route 666 as well, that it was a weirdly long and graphic sex scene. I found... The way they shot that scene, I was like... It was, again, very weirdly long and very graphic. And, like, I I get it, like, And cohesively, it did make a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, we shouldn't get into the logistics of that. But do you think that's... No. Look, I'm not saying that you should be able to, like, track the entire progress of it. But it's just like they're this way, they're that way, they're flipping the back, and it's like, uh, what, yeah, what are they? What are they doing? <laughs> At one point, he was like, it looked like it looked like he was about to bite her neck. I was with a say, they looked like they her. were devouring each other, and that's, I mean, look, each to their own. It just, it was considering the plot of the episode seemed like an interesting choice. You feel like maybe she wouldn't be into being bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, like, <laughs> Unless that mugging really awoke something in her, you know, I don't know. But other than the werewolf. Other than the- <laughs> there are two wolves fighting inside of you. One is an actual werewolf, and one's really into BDSM. <laughs> anyway, this does though 
introduce us to well it doesn't introduce us because we've already obviously had Jess pass away but it does bring us to an interesting pattern which is uh, affectionately referred to in the fandom as Sam's cursed penis now this is a interesting phenomenon where it appears that everyone that Sam has sexual relations with immediately dies it's an interesting phenomenon we don't know if it was an intentional choice but, but it just seems to be the way that whenever Sam has a romantic interest, as soon as they, like, have any kind of physical intimacy, dead. As a doornail. Just putting it out there, it's important that you know about Sam's cursed penis. Because it's going to be relevant moving forward. It, yeah, it remains relevant. Like, there's very few of, like, Sam's romantic interests that fucking survive. Sarah's one. Yeah, there you go. But that's because she never slept with him. Mm. She didn't see his cursed penis. No. No. <laughs> That's why specifically the penis. Yeah, specifically the penis. Because mm. um, what's her face from Hookman Live Two, and they had mm. little. But no but, penis. But no penis. <laughs> yes, no. So it's important that I bring that to your attention. Okay. Uh, yep. We can carry on. The first official instalment of Sam's Ghost Penis. Yes. But the second true instalment. The second death. Yeah. Yes, because the first being Jess. Yes. Also, it is probably important to note this is the first person that he has been that intimate with since Jess as well. Mm. So the fact that he then has to immediately shoot her... Oops. Oops. <laughs> Big time oops. Oopsie doopsies. Yeah, it's like the metaphorical shooting and then the real shooting. And uh, one was more Look, fun than the other, I'm sure. The writers are making choices. <laughs> Aren't they always? <laughs> they continue to do it for another 14 seasons. It's bizarre. <laughs> it's, um... Yeah, choices. Yeah. Maybe they should have made some different ones. Yeah, look, we could say that about a lot of things. But yeah, so um, Sam's cursed penis and then uh, this being, yeah, the first the first time he really uh, lets himself connect with a person since Jess. Because yeah. Sarah, he was still very guarded. Yeah. And we haven't really seen him have that kind of relationship yeah. with anyone else really. Even, um, I God, I wish I could remember her name. From, from Hookman. From yeah. Hookman. You know, they had like a something, but it wasn't substantial. Yeah. He there was a little bit of flirtation there and he clearly liked it, but it wasn't like anything that he was going to ever pursue. even consider pursuing further. Whereas Sarah was like a little bit more serious. He did consider pursuing it. Yeah. But then he was like, uh, nah, so, my life's not compatible with this. Yeah. And so this is the first time he kind of really let himself go and just sort of you know, see a possibility. Or even if it was just, like, obviously they're not going to be getting into long-term relationships. But, like, even if it was just for a fling, it was, like, the first time he let himself mm. let go of Jess's memory like that. And then for it to become, you know, this horrible... I also think it's an odd choice for her to be like, can you shoot me personally, Sam? Yeah. I thought that was really weird, too. Like, I understand that Sam's the one that she's, like... Connected into, with, yeah, but like also, why the fuck would you make the guy who you just slept with shoot, shoot you? I do think though, I am glad that they went with her wishes because if she, yes. she, I just I find it weird that those were her wishes. Yeah, I think it's weird that those were her wishes, but I am glad that they respected them. Yes, weird as they were, because mm. obviously they kind of as a group came to the conclusion that there was really not many choices that they had yeah and um, i think we'll get into this in a second but i'm glad that she at least got to choose not only she said no i i know like i don't want to die but i recognize that this is the option that protects people the best and 
I want this to be the way that I go. Like I'm glad I don't that she do had anything else that I will regret. I'm glad that she at least got that autonomy yeah. in that decision making. Um, so that it wasn't another thing that was happening to her and around yeah. her. Like that was really the only choice that she got to make in the whole episode. Though let's talk about how pissy Sam got that Dean was willing to kill her. <laughs> yeah, because a big chunk of this episode is Sam empathizing to the max. Yeah. And you know what? He's not wrong. But he also is. Well, look, it's a, it's a very thing. complicated you've, situation. You've got... So he's like, I'm dangerous. Why don't you kill me? Mm. It's like, okay, but here's the thing. There's a difference between being dangerous and blacking out for like five nights a month and killing random people. Yeah. Like, there's the difference between the potential to do harm and actively doing harm that you yeah. cannot control. Like... Little different here, Sam. Yeah. I think Sam's concern is, and this is why I think that, like, I understand where he's coming from in that, mm. is that because it is something that is happening to and around her that she doesn't, she didn't even know about. She yeah. definitely doesn't understand. She has no way of knowing how to control. She's completely lost because this is a brand new world to her, and you know, there she doesn't these really two have any. Just tied her to a chair. Yeah, but like you know, she doesn't have any connections outside of these yeah. two random weirdos who tied her to a chair. Who can help her understand this? You know, she's got all these things going on. She doesn't on. even think it's happening until she wakes up and yeah. all the scratch marks and shit exactly. on the floor and everything. Like, so she doesn't even have a way to like conceptualize what this means. And Sam is in the exact same boat. Like, yes, he has more people around him, but Dean and Bobby and whoever else, John, for example, don't fucking know anything about what is happening to Sam. Sam doesn't know what's happening to Sam. They don't know really why. They don't know really how. They don't really know what's happening with it, how it's going to progress. Sam certainly can't control it. Mm. They and don't even know who's actually involved because all they know is it's a demon with yellow eyes. Yeah. They don't have an actual identity for no. him. They just know. They have, like, fuck all yeah. to go on. And they even don't really, like, Meg kind of knows something maybe. Yeah. But she won't really, like, she's not going to help them, is no. she? So. Just Meg. Meg. Yeah. <laughs> Real one. Um, Fucking love Meg. I know you do, and I love that you do. But, you know, I think it's especially for Sam, he empathises with the fact that she does not understand what's happening, that it is something that is monstrous within her that she cannot change and she cannot control. And I think that is where he is emotionally connecting, and that is why I think he is so determined to save her. Because it's not about saving her. It's about proving that he can be saved. You know, and like, I think for him, we've talked about this before, but he needs to prove that he is good by saving as many people as he can. And if he can prove that, and this is, you know, to prove to himself, I guess, Mm. if he can prove that this woman who doesn't understand what's happening to her, who has this monstrous thing inside of her that she doesn't understand or control, if he can prove that she can be saved, then he can sort of prove to himself that there is hope that he's not going to become a monster who needs to be put down. Mm. And so it's this very complicated situation. And obviously Dean's on the outside, like, having a very different relationship with Sam than he does with this random fucking woman. Yeah. You know, so... And also understanding the difference between actively doing harm now and having the potential to do harm in the future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I think that's what really got me. Sam's like... It's just, it's not the same situation, Sam. Like, I see you're drawing parallels from this situation to Mm -hmm. your own life. 
but they don't completely apply to you. Actually, we've had this come up a couple of times where um, we've had Sam like say things and you're like, he is just jumping to so many wild conclusions. And you're right, he kind of is. And I think it's because... He really he, likes to cherry pick his data. He's so panicky. And like, yeah. I understand it, obviously. He's in a very stressful situation. Yeah. But I do think it is like part of that panic that like as soon as he like is sort of triggered by like, oh, here's this perfectly nice normal person, but they have this... Supernatural thing yeah. in them that they can't control. He's like, oh my god, and he just like tunnel vision, you know. Yeah. I think also the thing for me that really gets me is like his paranormal, like his psychic ability is predicting people's deaths. Yeah, like his psychic ability isn't like you know Simon, like the character in Simon said. Yeah, who yeah. um like can force people to do anything despite what they want to do. It's yeah. not like his psychic ability is like the one in um. Nightmare, was it? Oh, with Max. Uh, with yeah. Max and the telekinesis. telekinesis. Like, really the only close one we've come across is Ava. Ava. Yeah. He wasn't campaigning for Ava's death. No. Like, if you're going to campaign for your own death, yeah, you've got to campaign for Ava's death too because she is basically, the she has the same abilities as you. Yeah, and a similar situation. Similar she is situation. a perfectly nice, relatively normal person. person. Who doesn't want this, doesn't understand it, can't control it. Yeah. Yeah, so they are a much, much, much more comparable side by side. And he never suggests... That she deserves to die. Yeah. So it's like, so why do you deserve to die? Yeah. It's like, Sam, if you just think about this problem for more than 10 seconds... But he's just like, oh, normal person who could also be dangerous, and we've got to murder them because otherwise they're going to continue hurting people, despite the fact they don't want to hurt people. Yeah. Then we've got to kill me. (laughs) Um, one thing that I do really want to quickly bring up is that at the start of the episode, or relatively close to the start of the episode, when Madison comes across her boss, who's been murdered by, we let alone her, the way that they film it, the like shaky cam and the... I actually... So I didn't think of uh, as shaky cam in this episode. It's like they used wavy cam. <laughs> yeah, it was like... Because I, I didn't think shaky cam was quite the right descriptor, but I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, look, it, it was... A form of shaky cam, but to me, it like the way I described it in my notes was wavy cam. <laughs> yeah, it's like a hard that's what it, shaky cam. <laughs> that's what it felt like. They did the same effect when they did the scene where she kills the police officer. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like shaky cam. It's not quite jarring enough. Yeah, but it just felt like like wavy cam. So the reason I want to talk about that is because I actually really like it. I feel like the way that they shot that scene of her coming across the body, like it felt like very much a point of view shot, mm. which it was. But I find sometimes when they like come across a murder scene, they do sort of like a like a pan across or like they just sort of dramatically like open up the whole scene. And, and it's like it works. But I find that this bit where like it's kind of shaky and like you can hear her breathing and you're sort of zoning in on little bits as she mm. comes across like, oh, there's blood. Oh, and then you see the hand and oh. And it felt much more... To me, it felt like I was walking into the scene. Like, if I saw blood on a door, I would also start breathing harder and be a little shaky and wouldn't be bursting into that room straight away, you know? I'd be more cautious. And I thought that it was a really effective way of introducing the body. Yeah, and while we're talking about that scene, she drops the coffee pot, which yeah. just has water in it. Which is, yeah, just water. I think she was, like, filling it from, like, I don't know, the water jug thing. and then. But I used to have a drip coffee pot. Mm. And typically the way it works is you put... The filter full of water, coffee and then and water, the water on top and then it drips into the jug. Yeah, and I feel like I... so unless she was using the jug maybe to refill the coffee machine or something. But then it's like 
I have no idea, to be honest with you. I don't drink coffee, except the occasional iced coffee. And when I do that, it makes me insane. So I, I do try to avoid by the fucking season finale of last <laughs> Yeah. If you're listening to the last episode of season one, and I sound particularly unhinged, that's the caffeine, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's a fun episode, though. I'm editing it currently. But yeah, so I just wanted to bring up that I really liked it. I thought it was interesting. I don't think... They use it that much in the show. Although, to be fair, I've never really paid that much attention to that kind of thing before doing this podcast, so I probably am wrong, but I just really liked it. I thought it made it more suspenseful. Time to jump into my PSA for the week. Okay. Bethany, do you have any guesses? Not really. Like, I mean, look, a lot of stuff came up this episode about, like, if I was, was going to have a PSA for this yeah. episode, mine would be, if you see your stalker in a public place... Take a friend with you when you leave. That would be my PSA. The fact that she walked out of there alone and went to her car alone and then drove home. I was like, you're an insane person. You had like six friends with you. Pick any one of them to come along with you. Even if they just walk you to your car, pick two or three friends. As a group walk to the car, then they can all three walk back together. Exactly. Or like take out a fucking restraining order. That man was staring at you from the sidewalk. Not my PSA. Okay. That's unsolicited advice then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, my PSA this week was workplace harassment. Don't. Oh, yeah, that's also. Repeatedly ask out your co worker. And if you're going to ask out your co worker, do it once, do it in a professional way. And when they say no, fucking respect it. Yeah, and certainly don't keep asking them. Certainly not when you're drunk. Certainly not when they're actually your employee and you have an additional, like, power dynamic over them it is incredibly inappropriate though moving on from that i do want to talk about because she makes a comment later on to dean and sam that when her boss has a few drinks he flirts with anything that moves and sam very pointedly looks at dean Dean and is like yeah i know the type (laughs) which just oh sibling energy yeah look i'm not always the first person to admit sibling energy but like also this episode had a fair bit of sibling energy yeah yeah also speaking of energies yeah i want to just quickly point out it feels weird that they're in a city Mm. like it took me a minute to figure out why i was like this episode just feels weird somehow i was like because they're not in a small back country town yeah and i realized it's like we barely see them driving yeah like we only see i think baby in like that one scene where she says the car's suspicious which like which she's right but still i think that's the only time we see baby and then like other than that there's like it's just like high rises and apartment buildings and skylines and i was just like what is happening yeah because even when they did um like the first episode no was it the first uh children shouldn't play with dead things yes it's like the first second third it's it's the first half of the the first half of the season yeah even then they're like in a city but it's like more like a suburb city like yeah. versus like city city yeah whereas this is like like they're showing like high rises and stuff yeah and it's kind of like i think night shifter has a bit of that as like that sort of but that's a bit different because like 90 percent of it takes place in the in one, one building yeah for yeah. me i think it was just that we kept getting shots of like the skyline yeah. and like all the lights and i was like what is happening if i'm like csi i was like what am i watching right now this is not supernatural with no lights this is this is supernatural with many lights that still doesn't do anything to fucking make it any brighter yeah look <laughs> anyway yes i just i thought it was like a weird vibe that they were in like a densely populated like 
urban city space mm. versus like you know the back ro- back roads country towns kind of vibe they usually have okay i have a point that i really want to make please go ahead and it's kind of rendered moot by the end of the episode sure but i still want to know like if Cutting off the bloodlines thing had worked. Yeah. Which, like, another example of John being a shitty hunter. Oh my god, yes, let's like, talk about that in a second. John has a theory <laughs> that if we kill, you know, the vampire, the, not the vampire, the werewolf that turned them, like, then they. Okay, John was completely wrong, and they talked John to Bobby, is a and Bobby's. Dumbass. And Bobby is like, what the fuck? Of course that wasn't gonna right? fucking work. I know, and I'm <laughs> so, I'm so annoyed because. Fucking, it's just yet yeah, yet another example of John being a shitty fucking hunter and these boys not having enough information. And if John just fucking, just fucking asked anyone else, like if he was just willing to not be a, like a lone fucking wolf, pardon, pun pardon, pardon the pun, his whole fucking life. And he actually like got an education in the field that he's supposedly an expert in. Or if he just like told his boys fucking anything and yeah. like... Oh, my goodness. Okay, but no, my actual point that I wanted to make, we can return to that later if you'd like. Yes, please, I have another point about Um, it. Is, if that had been true, how far back does it go? Like, Mm. if you, like, how... At what point do you have... Yeah, that's a good Like, if you killed a werewolf, right, and they turned a werewolf who turned another werewolf who turned another werewolf... Yeah. Do all of them no longer become werewolves? Or is it, like... Just the generation below, like they, the people they directly turn. Like, how far back could you kill the original werewolf and have all of the other werewolves drop dead? Because then you'd assume that there'd be no werewolves because they would all no longer be werewolves. Well, because it's not, it doesn't kill them; it just turns them back to, back people. to people. Exactly. So if they killed, because assuming at this point the original werewolf has died, it doesn't matter if they're killed or if they've died. Yeah. Are werewolves immortal in supernatural? Do you know what? I or just like just, functionally immortal until they speaking, get shot by a silver bullet. As you were speaking, I was wondering about that. I don't actually remember. I feel like at a certain point in the plot, we do, like a few seasons away, we do learn more about like the origins of various supernatural beings, like mm. how they actually originated, because obviously like they had to come from somewhere. Mm. So we do get some more information about that, so I'm not going to get too into it. Yeah. But yeah, it is a very good question. And it's yeah it's it's a point like at what point do you have to go back in time like could i kill a werewolf that's like three generations past and then have the next three people they turned become human again yeah yeah that's a very good question or is it like only like a one-to-one ratio like you kill one and it frees one essentially or is it like you kill one and it just kill it just cures all the people that, that they, they directly turned. turned. Yeah. Does it cure any of the people below them, like that the people they turned turned? You reckon you could genetically track it? Yeah, does, because it would change your genetics. Does lycanthropy like change their genetics? You know how there's that theory that like the royal family are ve- uh, werewolves. <laughs> I swear I got this from Doctor Who. I swear I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> I promise it's from an episode of Doctor Who. If you don't believe me, wow, that really lends credibility. <laughs> to yeah, but like, your... it's not me. I don't believe that like Lizzie is a werewolf. I'm just saying that like it's a thing. It's like the. It's Dude, like explain some... how she got so old. <laughs> Nothing but the highest respect from my monarch. <laughs> well, I mean, she technically is your monarch. Yeah, I know. We're only Commonwealth. Oh, I know. You know, we can you can request a uh, a portrait of the Queen from your local MP, and they have to give it to you. Oh yes. You can email Why your local member. He has a framed picture of the Queen in his bedroom because he emailed his local MP and they posted him. 
a portrait of the queen. Yeah, you can just ask for one and they have to give you one. For free. They post it to you in a little tube. <laughs> I'm so serious. Imagine that you get a job for your local MP and you're like, wow, this is going to be really important work. And, and then it's you're just like a bunch of like... people like taking the piss asking for pictures of the queen. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that seems like a great job though. I want that. That's my new dream career. It's posting people pictures of the queen? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll respect that. So it's either posing people pictures of the Queen or a skyscraper window washer. Yeah. I love it. Very diverse career options for you, Jamie. Ooh, if I get really advanced, I could put like a big picture of the Queen on a skyscraper window. Look at the ego. Look at that propaganda. (laughs) Anyway. Moving um, on. (laughs) I wanted to quickly talk about... When do we do anything quickly? Um... That's a great point. We don't. I wanted to long and rambly talk about the fact that they didn't talk to Bobby. Because then they're talking to Madison about a potential cure Mm. or whatever. And Dean's like, no, she has a right to know. There probably isn't a way to cure you. Yeah. Right? Which is fair. I think that that was the right Because at that point they had talked to... This is after it had worked and they talked to Bobby and Bobby was like, you're a fucking idiot and also your father was useless. Yes. (laughs) Of course that would work. There's no known cure for lycanthropy. Yeah, exactly. So, basically, they... Lycanthropy? Lycanthropy? I've always said lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Yeah. But it could be like a Wingardium Leviosa kind of deal where I'm just saying... Wingardium Leviosa. Not Leviosa. God, we're insufferable. (laughs) Yeah, so they're talking to her and and Dean says, you know, look, you have a right to know. And then she, you know, Sam's like, you know, we'll find a way. And Dean's like, we've scoured every source. I'm like, you hadn't even talked to Bobby like 30 minutes ago. What other fucking sources have you scoured, Dean? Huh? Wikipedia? The journal? Because that was so much fucking help the first time. Wikipedia doesn't even mention werewolves eating hearts because they fucking don't. Oh my goodness. I was like, what other fucking sources? We have not seen you go to the library. We have not seen Sam pull out his laptop. There was no laptop and Sam in this episode. No laptop and it up? There was, exactly. Aubrey at Stanford was not on the case? He was not. Clearly. Because they didn't fucking know that wouldn't work. And anyway, yeah, he's like, we've scoured every source. I'm like, bitch, when? When? You didn't! You're lying to this woman! But yes, oh. no, so I just thought that was like such a weird. No, you haven't! Or even if you have, that would essentially mean that there are only like two possible sources of information in the entire universe on werewolf cures, and that would be A, your father's journal, and B, Bobby's brain. And that's it. Like, that's what you're implying. <laughs> but yes, no, so I just thought that was silly. <laughs> yeah. They certainly make some choices, the brothers, in this episode. <laughs> oh, oh, talking about choices. Yes. Um, Sam makes a joke about how maybe there's some hearts in the freezer behind the Hagendas. Yes. And Dean legitimately goes, goes to, to check. check. I know. And then he gets interrupted, but he does. It's quite cute. Actually, there's quite a number of like little, little bits in this episode where it's just like, just like a little bit silly and it's quite nice i think this is mm. definitely a filler episode yeah. we talked about last episode in roadkill how it was sort of like a bit I of think a at this nothing point, episode though, there are 18 episodes into the second season yeah i think they realized oh fuck we haven't even introduced werewolves yet yeah <laughs> that's sort of what it felt like to me it felt like yeah. like oh like this this world should have werewolves yeah because werewolves are a really common monster in folklore 
We yeah. should have werewolves. And then they just tack in the line about werewolves being rare. <gasps> we haven't seen one since we were kids. Yeah. Like, and Dean is so goddamn excited about the werewolves. I know. But he was such a little nerd. I love him. <laughs> like, I love that. Actually, when we found out um, about vampires, his reaction was to be all like, huh, vampires. Can't believe they're real. Like, he's excited about it. Yeah. And then he finds out it was a werewolf. And he's like, oh. A werewolf? Werewolf's a badass! You know, he's like excited. It's like collecting a rare Pokemon card for yeah. this kid. Okay, while we've still got time. Yes. Because we're on a time crunch today. So yeah. if this episode is particularly unhinged or chaotic, it's you're we are welcome. Working at high speed. The special effects and the werewolf teeth. Yeah. Specifically in this shot before she jumps out the window. Yeah. <laughs> it literally, okay, you know, you know. Obviously, I think we've mentioned before, Halloween's not really a big deal here. No. But you know when you see, like, little kids in America and they've got their, like, fake vampire fangs? Yeah. That. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I know that you had problems with the vampire fangs in previous episodes, but this was, like, (laughs) something else entirely. Because they've got, like, like, as soon as you put on, like, a fake set of teeth over, like, like, the fangs or whatever, you get, like, a weird, like... Bulge, bulge in, in your like yeah. upper lip specifically, like your lower lip gets it a little bit too, but like your upper lip looks like yeah, you can yeah. tell there's something there. Like it was really bad. I know, like and so bad. Actually, I want to talk about Glenn very quickly. Yeah, because we got a good look at his teeth after Dean shoots him, and he's lying, and he's sort of like they look way better for some reason. Well, what I was like, gonna say is they don't they don't look like teeth. Yeah, because it's just one unbroken piece. Yeah, like it, it's not. But also, I didn't notice it anywhere near as much. Yeah. In that, as I did whenever they put him on Madison. Yeah. Like, for some reason, I when she... Maybe just, like, the way that... Like, maybe they were too big for her mouth or something. We see like, her sort of more aggressive, aggressive. more than we yeah. see Glenn. We really yeah. only see Glenn properly after he's already been shot. Yeah. Which maybe helps a little bit. Which I felt bad for Glenn in his dying moments because he genuinely did not know what was going on. Mm. And it was interesting because it was almost... It opens up this possibility that, like, the silver, like, the presence of silver sort of cures, like, yeah. the like enough that the person comes back through. Yeah. It would be really interesting if they uh, decided to explore it further later on down the line, and they found that if you shoot them through the heart with silver, but then get a medical attention... Quick enough. Quick enough to save them. They're cured of their lycanthropy, because the, um, the oh. silver kills the werewolf. Yeah. But leaves the human behind after they like if they technically die and then get revived. Yeah, that would be really interesting for me because then you'd also have the extra layer. Yeah, of, like Sam's guilt of oh, actually I could, could have, have saved, saved her. her. Yeah, and so it's this very like look. Like, I don't think they're gonna do that, but I think that'd I... be really interesting and fun, and I think it'd be a really great way to develop the law more. But they're not I gonna don't... do that because it's really interesting and fun, and it would develop the law more. I That's not how it works. I don't think they've thought about it this hard, is the thing. Like, Oops. I'm thinking about how it's really interesting that, like, yeah, you know, he gets shot, but then, like, the wolf kind of, like, retreats, and it's like, yeah. it brings him back to the surface. But what does that mean? Is the wolf already dead? Or is this, like, a tactic? Like, the shifter in Night Shifter, where it, yeah. pre- it fakes being the corpse, corpse as a survival tactic. Yeah. Is this a way that the werewolf is like, oh, I will let him think that I am, uh, uh, you know, a helpless human being, he will get me medical attention, I will live. Like, yeah. is it a tactical thing, or is the wolf actually dead and it's just the person? Yeah. And then it brings into this whole other, like, question of, is the person the wolf? Because we know that Madison was obviously targeting people around her who made her feel threatened. Yeah. And Sam makes the point in the episode, maybe an animal part of her brain saw them as a threat. I'm like, bro, the normal p- human part of her brain 
probably perceived them as a threat. Her stalker ex-boyfriend, the creepy boss who kept hitting on her. Like, yeah. I like if I was her, they would be a threat to me. And like developing on that. Yeah. What's the morality of killing the human? Yeah. Because they are basically being held hostage once a month by the wolf. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I'm smart enough to really give a complex take on that morality. No, and I think that... But I do think it is something worth considering. Absolutely. And I think that's why, like, in the episode, obviously, we have sort of Dean and Sam arguing different sides of it. And to be fair, I think they did a relatively okay job addressing it, considering they only had, like, 40 minutes to do to do it. And they also had to worry about every other thing happening in the episode as mm. well. Like, even though it came from sort of, a you know, Sam identifying with Madison, you know, versus Dean not. I Like, and even in Roadkill, we saw, like, Dean, for Dean the whole time, that woman was just a ghost and he just wanted to get rid of her. Like, that was his purpose. Whereas Sam wanted to help her. Yeah. Like, it was a very different... They were both trying to achieve the same goal, but from very different angles. Yeah. And I think it's the same here. Like, and you're right, it is a really interesting moral question, but Dean makes the point in the episode, we could restrain you, yeah. For that period of time, but you will get out. And like we saw what she did did to yeah. that room that Sam put her in. She is not getting her bond back. No. Like that room is destroyed. <laughs> and when he's quote unquote watching if her you were and she tells like a tradie to fix that, what would you tell them? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'd be like, look, I found a dog wandering the street and I brought it inside so I could help find its owner and then um it started to attack me, so I put it in a room. I, okay. Yeah. Genuinely, I think, or like maybe a kangaroo broke into my house. <laughs> a kangaroo could do that I don't damage. Think you Have you make seen? That excuse in... A kangaroo jumped out of my mum's flower. No, bush. no, I'm not saying that. If we're Australians. I yes. don't think she would be able to be like, oh, it was <laughs> oh, a kangaroo. Then yeah, in her city skyscraper. No, I was just more thinking like, if it happened here, what would I tell my like land agent? And I'd be like, a kangaroo. <laughs> Anyway, moving on. Sorry, you're making a point. I, I was, I was just going to say, like, even when Sam was quote-unquote watching her to see if she would turn when she was tied to the chair, like, she immediately broke those bonds. Like, she was, was like, like Woof, and I'm it like, was out. Yeah, it took her, like, all of half a second. You know, I, I don't think it is that much of, like, a stretch to think she would eventually escape. And even in Buffy with Oz. Yeah. Spoilers if you haven't seen Buffy. A love interest for one of the main characters, Willow, is this guy called Oz. He is in a similar situation as Madison. He becomes a werewolf and he is trying desperately to keep it under wraps. And, you know, he's trying to like... Not hurt people and lock himself up. He's locking himself up, but he can't help that when he becomes the wolf, a lot of the time he escapes because there is only so much that you can do to restrain a being that has untold supernatural strength and is also intelligent and is also, you know, and it... He has set up the the traps and he has set up the enclosure. So he knows how to get out of the enclosure. So when he becomes the wolf, you know, he knows how to do it. And I assume the same problem would be seen in Madison. Complex morality that I don't feel qualified to touch on. No, but I would be interested if anyone has any thoughts about it. Like, chuck us a tweet or, like, send an ask on Tumblr. Like, our inboxes are always open. We would love to hear your thoughts. We always reply. Yeah. Not quickly, but we always reply. Not quickly. But uh, we will always reply, um, and it might be well, easier. Tom maybe to ask. Look, we'll, we'll <laughs> that happens. We'll try, um, but yeah, if, especially and that actually goes to anything. If there's anything we ever talk about in an episode that you want to, you think deserves more, even if you just want to know what the reject shop is. Yeah, literally, um, just send us an ask on Tumblr or a, chuck us a tweet, and like 
it's much easier to go through and like write it all out like comprehensively than it is when we're just spitting random shit at each other. Yeah. So, because um, yeah. none of this is scripted, in case you can't <laughs> tell. In case you thought that we had uh, pre-scripted all of this, mm, no, we embrace the chaos. Yes. Moving on, I think <laughs> I'm all tapped out for this week. Are you all tapped out for this week? Uh, I think so too. The only other question I had about the episode, kind of also on the point of morals and ethics. Did they tell her about Glenn? I don't think so. They definitely don't show it. No. Like, I don't think she knows about Glenn before she dies. Like, I realised watching the episode, I was like, oh, like, Dean comes back and that's kind of it. Yeah. So I don't think she actually knows that it was Glenn. And, like, I guess that's not, like, super important to the plot in general. But Also, considering she literally dies, like, not even five minutes later, but, like... But, like, I just thought it was just an interesting point. Like, I don't think she knew it was Glenn. You know, she died thinking Glenn was just her weird, kind of nice neighbour. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> Moving on. I think I'm all done. Are you all done? I think I am all done. Oh, wait. Sorry. I do have... Ugh. I have one more thing. Come on, Bethany. She calls him down. from a phone booth. How does she know his number? Oh, yeah. Did she memorize like, it already? Like, she was wearing nothing, essentially, but Sam's fucking shirt. It's not like she had a card they'd given her in a pocket or some shit. I don't think Sam's writing his number on his shirt tag. Like, if lost, please return to Sam Winchester, known serial killer. You know. Hey, hey, hey. Sam is not a serial killer. Oh, Dean is. Sorry. Please. Sam <laughs> is only guilty of grave robbing. Okay. And like a whole other, um, bunch of other like minor If found, answers. please return to wanted by the FBI, Sam Winchester. Here is a direct contact number. I don't think he's doing that. So it confused me that she was able to call him. And it also confused me that when they had their weirdly long sex scene, yeah. afterwards they fell asleep. That's fine. That's normal. They've been up all night. He slept until the moon was up again? Maybe the, sex was the, that good. the sun had risen, but it could not have been that late in the morning. It had to have been like maybe seven o'clock, right? Because yeah. they got into it pretty quick after Dean left, yeah. and he left after sunrise. So it's got to be maximum like seven p- seven a.m. Yeah, they have their weirdly long sex. Let's say that they they've got, let's say Sam's got some good stamina built up, right? Yeah. Which I'm going to assume he probably doesn't because it's been a while for him. But let's say he does. Let's give him benefit of the doubt. Let's say that takes them an hour, right? That's being quite generous. An hour. Yeah. Okay. okay. That gets them to 8 a.m. Is he now sleeping from 8 a.m. all the way through to what? When would sunset be? Like 5 p.m., 6 p.m. maybe, right? If it's like, because we worked this out the I other mean, day. I mean, you did it's say like he wintery. hasn't done it a while. Maybe his stamina is that bad that he... <laughs> it really wiped him out. But okay. It so lasted five like... minutes. He was then so wiped out. He's only for 12 hours. Right. So that gets them to like 5 or 6 p.m. And to be fair, they have been up all night. Yeah. Okay. To be fair. But that gets them to 5 or 6 p.m. Okay. So that means at that point he slept like 9 to 10 hours. Yeah. So that's even, that's a long sleep for yeah. an adult. Most you know, adults need 7 to 8 hours, right? So he has slept 9 to 10. But the moon doesn't rise exactly when the sun sets there's like another couple hours before the moon is fully fucking up which means this boy has slept for like 12 to 14 hours how sleep deprived is sam i don't have an answer for you bethany i didn't expect you to i just thought it was fucking weird and they're used to only sleeping for a couple hours so the fact that he would just fucking pass out for like up to 14 hours and what's dean doing for four what is the i have more questions about this episode than i realized Maybe that's what they should we talk are to on me a about. Schedule what did, today, so what did Dean do for start 14 hours? I'm sorry. Look, I'll shut up. <laughs> Ironically, quite similarly to this, because we are on a schedule and we do have to wrap up, this episode ended rather abruptly, which is an unusual end for the episode. 
Like, we didn't really get the drive out of town no, with the rock music. It, it was just like, kind of shot, guy shot, end of yeah. episode. And we're going to do something rather similar now because we are running rapidly out of time because we prepared poorly. Um, <laughs> so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Jamie, how would you rate Heart out of five? I'm going to give it two and a half out of five. Two and a half? Yeah. Not my favourite. Just... There's a lot to talk about, but I yeah. agree. It's honestly probably one of the more forgettable episodes yeah. in the first series. There's a lot in here and there are quite a few things that I really enjoyed, but there are also just other things that kind of annoyed the shit out of me. It kind of, I think the thing that annoys me the most is that Madison feels like kind of an empty character. Yeah. They don't give her much to develop. For me, this is like the opposite of Roadkill. For me, Roadkill was like a, a, quite an enjoyable episode, but there was, it, like that gave me nothing. It's hard to talk about, yeah. but it's a good episode. It's this, just a solid episode. It's good. Yeah, this is Whereas right, this the is opposite. the opposite. It's like, it's a pretty mediocre episode. But it just gives you a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I agree. The next episode, yeah. so no, episode 18, yeah. is titled Hollywood Babylon. Do you have any predictions for that? Maybe they go to Hollywood? <laughs> um, maybe there's like a specific monster that's associated with like film sets or something. Like you got to assume they're going to Hollywood. Maybe there's a monster that can only be picked up by like cameras. That's a pretty solid theory. Yeah. Excitingly, we actually next week for the episode we're doing on Hollywood Babylon have an extra host. We have a guest co-host. It's for the very first time exciting. Ever. Yeah, so it's the first time in the podcast history. It's very exciting. We're uh, so excited to have them on. We are. We are going to be joined by Abigail, who is the primary host of another supernatural podcast that you may or may not have heard of. If you haven't, you absolutely should check them out. It is also called Driver Picks the Podcast. Hilariously, they obviously have impeccable taste. Started at the same time as us. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, so you can look forward to seeing, uh, well, seeing, you can look forward to hearing not only from us, but also Abigail next week. They um, have fantastic takes yes. that are a little less unhinged than us. So if you yes. want some actual analysis of the content of the like of the show that's a little less unhinged, <laughs> a little less unhinged, a little less chaotic, go and check them out. There's we're excited. Little... Yeah, we're super pumped. This is a fun little teaser for anyone who's listening. So hopefully uh, we see you back next week to have not only us, but also Abigail. Ooh. And on that, if you wanted to get in touch with us about anything, you can always hit us up on our social medias. You can find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPicksPod. Um, and I reckon it would be a lot of fun if you had a chat with her about whether or not her theory about the silver bullets resuscitation uh, cure for lycanthropy would work. If we shot someone through the heart and then resuscitated them, would they be cured? And do they have to die as a precondition? True. Why or why not? <laughs> Tell me your thoughts. And if you want to get in touch with Beth, you can find her on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I reckon she just wants she wants your tier list. Like Sam's love interest. Put him to a tier list. Who's yes. gold standard? Who's shit? <gasps> Who do you like to match with Sam? Because you know, like Ooh. she's very clearly a destial shipper. There's no competition for Dean. Yeah. Let's let's start ranking Sam. Like um, who do we reckon Sam's love interests look, are? I I can't tell you about my thoughts on Sam's love interests, obviously, because it's spoilers. I Clearly, do... blurry wife is top tier. <laughs> I do have an absolute favourite for Sam, um, and I'm interested 
to see. I think it probably is the person that most people are most excited for with Sam. Um, so look, I would love to see a ranked list on everyone else's opinions and like why, why not they think they are or are not a good match. And for go back three, find all like the little minor love interests like Sarah and Madison. Yes. And the girl from Hookman that I cannot remember oh, her name God. for the life of Neither. me. Neither. I've been trying this whole fucking time and I have not been able to think of it. But look, point is, I would love to see that list. I would love to debate about it over on Tumblr. So send me a message, send me an ask. I would love to hear from you. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We are super excited for next week and hope that you are too. Hope you tune in then. Bye. Bye.